0: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On
1: Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb.
2: Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. Follow me on Twitter, ecknerwall 23 Chris Tannehill is with me. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. The show is at Locked On Sox. Chris, how are you doing for this year-ending episode.
1: Oh, I'm doing great. It is the final episode Ba-da-da-bum, of Locked on White Sox for 2020. We'll take a look back in this wild year that was. Plus, you'll hear my 2020 White Sox season recap and audio montage form. Uh, just a little housekeeping. Just to get out of the way. If you are a listener of this podcast, if you're a subscriber, first of all, thank you. But if you have not left us a five-star review and a comment, please do so now. It really Helps us out with charting and, uh, you know, it just puts us in good standing in the iTunes store so people can see us. So if you like us, why wouldn't you want other people to see us and like us? Don't keep us uh, your own dirty little secret. Spread the love, folks, if you haven't done so. Leave us a nice five star rating. It helps us out. Subscribe to our YouTube page. I'm going to be posting something on our YouTube page when this episode is complete tonight. And uh, you may get a prize pack for doing uh, subscribing to YouTube or a five-star rating on iTunes. You may get a surprise pack thrown your way in this 2021 calendar year. All right, so, Herb, uh, my apologies. We never got around to this because of the busy season, but I was uh, just checking some stats, some numbers on the podcast, and... Your first show, the first Locked On White Sox show, was actually October twenty fourth of twenty nineteen. So a happy belated anniversary. We we were just uh, in the middle of Tony Larusa hiring and the season ending mm-hmm. and fire. So we really didn't get a chance to get over that. That was arguably our busiest time of the year. So my belated uh, happy anniversary uh, to you and your one year with the podcast.
2: I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it was great. It's great to uh, start it. I knew when we had the opportunity that we had to do it because I knew that us working together would be magic and it would be enjoyable for us. More importantly, like we would just enjoy our time together. So yeah, October 24th, man, I didn't know it was that long ago. Yeah, Feels like a long ass time ago, (laughs) but uh, yeah, thank you for uh, the kudos. I appreciate it.
1: So, you know, which brings me around to this, my first show, our first show together was February 1st and you know we were both you know when we were lucky enough to get the opportunity to do this podcast you know we were referred to the network by Jay Zawoski who at the time did the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast and he's a co-worker with us at 6-7 the score. I've known him for oh god for about 15 years now and you possibly have known him longer than that and uh, one of the great guys and uh, he referred us to the, the network and The rest is history. Where you get
2: going, Tiny, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know Jay Zawaski longer. He had a naked dream of me (laughs) when he was at Lewis University because we have the same mutual friend, Jill Leahy. Hello, Jill, if you're listening. Um, And we visited Jill and Jay was at Lewis University at the same time. And he had met me. And then like four weeks later, he's like, dude, I had a dream of you. You were like naked and you're playing the bongos or the drums somewhere. I was like. (laughs) <laughs> it's great. Thank you, sir. So I met him before we actually both worked the score and we got our jobs pretty much the same time. So, yeah, that's a little story about Jay uh, Dream about me naked. I don't know if you look up the dream uh, analysis, you know, what that means about Jay and me. But uh, I well, what does it mean? Have, have you looked it yeah. up? I haven't looked it up. I don't want to know the answer. Jay just wants to be me. I don't know. He likes my brown skin and my great percussion skills.
1: Yeah, Herb McConaughey over here, like playing playing the bongos naked. That was like a Matthew McConaughey thing right there. So yeah, our guy Jay Zalawaski uh, uh, put us onto the network, so we appreciate that. But I, I I knew right away that it would be a home run with you. I had my reservations, like, you know, there were just a few things I wanted to get in order, and I was kind of hesitant to jump on board and do this because I've always been a behind-the-scenes type of guy, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I had no problem, you know, even just letting Herb do it solo, uh, and producing it for them and, you know, may, you know, shining it up real nice and getting it out to the people. Like, But I had my reservations about doing the on-air part and still working at that aspect of it, you know, driving this thing and, you know, just getting my, my thoughts in order and my criticisms and my, my you know, appraisals you know, in order for, for the White Sox, <laughs> few and far between. So I'm working on that part of it, and I had my reservations about doing it, uh, but I think it was uh, it was good for me to finally step out and do something like this. I've had so much fun doing the show this past year, and having a winning product on the field certainly helps in that regard, but I was just going through some of the, the numbers of the show, and mm-hmm. we'll get into our thank yous later on, but uh, so far in 2020, before we sit here tonight, uh, 203,608 downloads, that's 200,000 plus downloads for Lockdown White Sox this year. And this is a year where we basically punted a large portion of the year because of the pandemic, where we stopped recording shows because we had many things to get to in our personal lives. And I'll get to that in a mm-hmm. second. But so you have, you know, a hundred less games on the field. You have months where we're just not recording at all. And we still were able to pass 200,000 downloads. So that's a testament to to you guys, the listeners out there and Again, this doesn't happen unless the team is competitive, so hopefully they stay that way and get even more exciting because you guys respond the most when the White Sox do things that get you excited. Like the Lance Lynn episode, you know, that was one of our highest-rated shows, and I'll get to our, our top ten shows in a minute, but it just 200,000 downloads, man. It's been, it's been quite a year, and I'm so thankful for all of our, uh, our listeners and su- subscribers out here.
2: Yeah, like you said, we – I don't know how long the hiatus was, but once the pandemic hit – You know, we had things to do, and we're like, there's no White Sox to be talked about. We're not going to force it. And, you know, Locked On, for their credit, allowed us to do that. We pretty much, they're like, hey, you guys going to do episodes? And they're like, hey, man, we got things to do. And they're like, okay, cool. (laughs) And they backed off of us. And that was before we
1: even proved anything. So exactly. I'm going to get to that later on in the show. Sean Woodley, who, who helps run our, our channel, he was great about that. But, yeah, that was we hadn't proven a goddamn thing. And, and I was like, you know what? I can't record because you know we're doing homeschooling here and there's nothing to talk about. And I don't want to do best ofs and memory lane bullshit. You know what I mean?
2: And just forcing stuff. Yeah. like That's the one thing I think we when we came back where we were like, guys, we just don't want to force you content just because – our bosses want us to, we want to give you stuff because we're feeling like it because there's actual things to talk about. So yeah, that was a, it's a Testament to the, like you said, the white socks. And I think more the people who stuck with us, like from that October 24th show to when you joined on, on where just people are like, you know, I got to have this. And then just sending emails, texts, anything and saying, Hey man, love the content. I get those at work, not even locked on people. Like, Hey, you what what you and Chris are doing. Keep it up. I like it. So, that's because of you guys liking what we do. So, keep it coming. Keep with the feedback. As Tanny said, go on iTunes give us five stars. Give us a review. Actually, I don't even care if you give us five stars. Yeah. Just give us a review. Give us an honest review. Yeah, I like that too. Right. What you want to say? What you want to say, as long as you keep it cordial, no name calling. <laughs> we're we're grown folks and we can get better. A little cri- constructive criticism goes a long way. Absolutely. And also some suggestions like we've had suggestions on this and we've used them on this show to improve it so thank you very much
1: absolutely so you know this is not to like stroke our our own egos or whatever but it's just a funny uh deep dive and if you want to take a look inside the mind of a white Sox fan and, and take a look at a white Sox fan psyche i have the top 10 episodes <laughs> of 2020 uh top 10 episodes that we did together and I'll just start with number 10. Some of these are very obvious. Some of them are very unconventional and unnecessary, and I wish we didn't even have to do them. Uh, but number 10, Rick Renteria's firing, which is one of the biggest things to happen in the Sox this year. And that's that's the 10th most downloaded episode. And one that I, I don't think many of us saw coming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it happened, it was, it was su- a surprise. Like, they let this thing go by about a week's time after the season ended, and they fired Rick Renteria and – Just looking back on that, it seems like it's a different franchise now than it was then. But they took a bunch of of left turns, (laughs) you know, and getting there because we agreed, Ricky gone, Cooper gone, and everyone else out that left, and they were going to hire, you know, AJ Hinch is what we thought, and all of a sudden they end up hiring Tony La Russa, and. it just—it seems like a—it a, a, was a different franchise from the day they fired Rick Renteria, and then it became Jerry Reinsdorf's franchise immediately after that.
2: Correct, and I'm very surprised that that is just ten. I would think it'd be higher than that, but according to you guys, you guys respond to more of a positive. Yeah. Uh, effect on these uh, episodes
1: well we'll see about that uh next one uh september 17th uh this one i didn't look up Sox win three to one over the twins september 15th this was one of those statement games that swung the series and eventually the Sox would come around and and clinch uh and sweep the series and finally get a postseason spot but this game first game of the series this was one of those games where it was just a nail biter. I remember Dylan Cease could not find the plate, but he was getting out of a lot of jams. There was some high leverage bullpen moments in this game, where you know guys would come in and get a big out, and then Adam Engel with with one of the plays of the year, where late in the ball game, I think it was in the eighth inning, he he squares up to bunt, then he pulls it back and and shoots one up to uh, up through left field and gets the game winning base hit right there, or at least that one uh, the the run scoring play that would win the game for the Sox, and that, that was one of those that was the first time where it felt like okay this is what playoff baseball is going to be like are the Sox ready this is one of their big tests and and they showed out uh in that three to one victory over the twins
2: great game great game i remember he like shortened to bunt initially and then because the infield was in he just butchered board that right up the box and it went through and i think Johan scored the the go-ahead run, and then the White Sox added on another run later. But, yeah, man, just so exciting to beat the Twins finally. Like, I wasn't expecting all that, like the sweep eventually, but it was good to just, you know, that's our nemesis. Early in the year, we struggled. Like, they had said, hey, remember you guys are supposed to be great early in the year? We're going to beat you two out of three. You're coming to Minnesota? Cool. We're going to beat you again. And then, like, the White Sox just turned the switch on them, and I think eventually with the sweep, they even the series up five all. So, yeah, that was really good to see. It was good for their psyche to to know that the Twins are not as big and bad as they seem, and they have ability to take that team down. You know, eventually they didn't win the division, but I know the Twins felt it. They know that the White Sox are here, and they're going to be surpassing them. And I think that game – was one of the calls of, uh, like, one of the clearing calls, like, okay, White sucks are here. Uh,
1: number eight, the Joe Colley stories episode. That's part two of two, the Joe Colley interview. Just, you know, Joe sharing Uribe stories, uh, Burley stories, at Farmer stories. That's, you know, one of our favorite guys right there, Joe Colley, and uh, him uh, spinning a yarn or two for that episode right there. If you haven't heard it, we did it uh, just uh, under a, a month ago. Go check it out. It's, uh, it's awesome. And Joe just finally cast his Hall of Fame ballot vote for Mark Burley, so he he officially put it in. Uh, looked like yesterday, last night. So to take a look at Joe Collie's ballot, there uh, he had Omar Vizquel on that ballot too. So he, uh, Phil Rogers caught some shit yesterday. Did you see what happened to old Phil Rogers on Twitter? No, what happened to oh, Phil? Oh no, Phil, a great guy, but he he Phil Rogers was about to get canceled out here yesterday because he voted for Omar Vizquel. And he he opted to not vote for some of the alleged PED guys, and he was getting dragged on these Twitter streets, man. And I, I, I love Phil; always a good good guy to me, you know. And whenever we wanted to book him with like on a hub show, Phil was always right there for you. But he got dragged on Twitter yesterday for voting Omar uh, Omar Vizquel, and uh, basically just trying to you know back up his vote right there. Um, I but,
2: don't know why. like I don't know if he voted for Andrew Jones or not, but somebody said this like. There's no person who can vote for Omar Vizquel and then exclude Andrew Jones because if you're doing the defense thing, yeah. Andrew Jones is one of the best defensive center fielders of all time, if not the best. And he brought his bat with him too, with over 400 home runs, which Omar Vizquel did not come close to. So, yeah, if, if Phil did that Omar Vizquel not Andrew Jones thing, I would find question. And there was no sniff around. There was no suspicion around Andrew Jones doing steroids, were there? So he's not one of those steroid guys.
1: No, absolutely not. So uh, I I I don't know if he if he voted for him or not, but it, the the uh, hubbub was more so about. Him like not justifying the case for Omar Vizquel and saying, oh, well, you know, we don't know all the facts, that type of stuff. Hmm. Like, Hmm. so, yeah, it was it was a rough look uh, out here for for Phil. But uh, next one coming in uh, the top 10 locked on White Sox episodes of the season of the year Uh, is a weird one here. It's episode Goose Gossage, which I had to go back and check because I don't remember this one in particular. But it was a mailbag episode from August 24th which the only thing I can remember is I know we did a pretty long mailbag in there, and that may have been one of the ones where Sean at the network said, you guys are recording episodes way too long <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we did all the emails instead of breaking up into two or three parts, and we were getting a lot of emails during the season. So we, that was a Mailbag Monday episode, but uh, it just goes to show you this is a month into the season. The Sox are mm-hmm. red hot. They're starting to come into their own, and like excitement for the White Sox is around its peak. Uh, around late August, as the the playoffs start to to you know become much more evident, and uh, they the Sox become a part of the playoff picture right there. So, yeah, that was just a you know give me more Sox content. And one thing I did notice about that day is the Sox were off that day, so people were, we dropped that one early in the morning, and people were mm-hmm. just consuming that content because they they missed their their White socks. That was one of the rare off days they had in twenty twenty. It's our recap episode from September fifteenth, the Sox sweeping the twins and the Sox finally getting into the postseason. That was a fun episode. I remember that. It like it was a day game and we, we came back and did the show at night. But of course, you know, that of course that would be in the top ten because that was finally the the twelve year long playoff drought was off the uh, the the Sox minds and off their off their shoulders and it was a fun show to do, and the Sox really went on to struggle uh, for a, a, you know about a week <clears throat> after that, and you know it was kind of a, a, of a limp to the postseason, but they got there and they won a game in the postseason, and that's that. But that was that was just a really fun day. Eloy Jimenez with the big clutch double, Josh Donaldson with his ejection after the home run. That game itself <clears throat> was just so weird, and which is why I like doing the show during the season the most, obviously because. When you can recap a game five times a week, you're going to talk about things and see things that you've never seen before. And Josh Donaldson getting thrown out immediately after hitting a home run was one of those things that I'll, I'll never forget in that clinching game right there.
2: It was one of my favorite moments of the year. Uh, people gave me grief. I was like, I loved it. It's like because he, he thought he got showed up, hit the home run, talked to the ump, and got bounced. I didn't, you know, if he was on my team, I wouldn't loved it as much. But since he was on the Minnesota Twins, I was like, let's go. It was entertaining to me. And also, it helps my favorite team out. So, yeah, I remember that. Uh, God, so great. Good
1: times. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Thanks, Josh Johnson.
1: Yeah. And we notice a lot of people, like, the interaction is really high with the show when there's big moments like that. And which is why number five sticks out to me. It's the 10 to 1 route. uh, Shout out to Grobber of the Cubs, August 22nd. Sox win ten to one. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Can you name all? Can you name all the home runs without looking? Um, Abreu. Thanks. Angle. <laughs> <laughs> Abreu, Abreu, Angle, Robert, Luis Robert. Um, how many were there? Do you remember? I don't remember. I
2: believe there were six home runs that oh, day. Oh God! And uh, I think you are already off on one person. Who?
1: Just go ahead and tell me if you remember.
2: I, well, well Grandal hit one.
1: Grandal styled on one. I remember that. It was one of my yes, favorite Grandal moments of the year. Did Engel yes, hit one God. in the next game maybe, was it? I remember Engel, or was it the – I thought Adam Engel went deep in one of those games.
2: It was Danny Mendick. Oh, you're thinking of, my scrappy – getting, getting my scrappy yeah. whites
1: confused, yeah.
2: Exactly. You can't keep, keep on getting your scrappy whites confused. I know. They all look the same so, to me. So officially, to hit home runs for the White Sox that day – you had the Abreu one. Good job going <laughs> on a limb on that one. Because he hit two that day. Um, and three the next Robert, Robert hit one. Jimenez and Grandal. So you were right there. And I had the Mendick one. He he murdered that one too. So great day. I mean, I knew immediately when they're throwing John Lester out there. I was like, let's fucking eat. And then subsequently, I think John Lester pitched in the game at Guaranteed rate, and I was like, "Come on, man, stop throwing the John Lester at us! Not just any left lefty, but John Lester. It's like this is an insult to us. This isn't 2015. We're gonna eat, and the White Sox did exactly that. It was great to see. Yeah, that was one not because the- it's the Cubs, because right, because you know, I don't well, the that Cubs that are a good team." It was good.
1: The Cubs, uh, yeah, yeah so, so that's that why time, people right? were excited, like you know, to beat the Cubs, who were a really good team. That was a good litmus test, and that was one of the the few times that we were allowed right because that we spent half the show the day before after mm-hmm. that getaway game talking about how John Lester lets eat against the White Sox. So that that was that was a fun night right there, and just when the offense was, was really clicking, there was no better example of that game. And Dallas Keiko would still be out there if, if it was up to Rick. Rutter- <laughs> 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 um, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, one that we're certainly glad that the guy finished the game Lucas Giolito's No Hitter, August 26th. That one, probably my favorite episode to do. That was my favorite night of the season because. Jason Benetti, who's just awesome, did just such a great job of making it seem like it was a full house ballpark that night, because he knew everyone's at home watching, and the feelings that we all had from not being able to be there, he knew that that was, that was just bubbling under the surface, so he was able to make do this rare thing where a broadcaster can connect the audience, you know, and that's really when broadcasting baseball is at its best. That's how Jason Benetti handled himself that night, and Stone was just awesome, and Lucas Giolito putting himself on the map, finally getting that no-hitter at the major league level, and just showcasing himself as, I hey, I'm, I'm here now, I'm a top-tier starter in baseball, and I'm ready to take the ball uh, in a game one of a playoff series, which he ended up doing and dominating.
2: Yeah, it was just so good to see. I didn't expect this from Lucas Giolito. I think I went on record at the beginning of the season. It's like, it's going to be real tough for pitchers to throw no-hitters in this era because of so short, it's hot immediately. So you know hitters usually are start off slow because it's April, but now we're starting in July. So the heat will be there. The balls are still wound tight. So to throw a no hitter, it's gonna take a Herculean effort for somebody to throw a no hitter. And then the people are like, well, it's the Pirates. You're not good. It's like, did the Pirates get no hit by anybody else? <laughs> no. So then some bitch. It was really hard to do. So yeah, give my man this credit do him alec mills whoever threw a no hitter in 2020 it's probably the hardest year to do that because of all the factors i just put in there and lucas i don't know if many teams are going to get hits that day lucas was as the kids say on one
1: <laughs> um what kids you've been hanging around with that talk like that herb i want to know these, um... these knuckleheads on the streets <laughs> you know on the corner selling selling crack apparently wow okay uh the, the next three uh number three uh our most recent one from last week, uh, James Fox talking about the uh, Joe Aikley signing, uh, which is a testament to James Fox's great work at Future Sox and Southside Sox, but also a testament to our our growing listener base because you're seeing now more recent episodes. Uh, getting more downloads. So that means our following is growing, and that's another testament to you guys, the listeners. But how great is our guy James Fox, who, oddly enough, found himself on the White Sox Talk podcast, the NBC Sports Chicago podcast, just a couple days ago. Funny how that works, huh?
2: Hey, man, <laughs> if we can promote the man and make him a little bit better and other people want get to on, get on him, that's cool. I mean, he's done all his work yeah. at F- Future Sox, and, of course, the man just does – Great, great research. He knows everything about the White Sox. There is to know the, the minor leagues, that, which we don't know as much, and then, of course, the major league team. And so, yeah, good, for, good on him. If if the bigger people want them, the bigger podcast wants them for the, for the moment. Enjoy yourself, Chuck. Enjoy yourself, Guff, and uh, Vinny Duber. We're coming for you. Um, enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, I was shocked to see. I mean, let's be real. I was be shocked to see James Sox's episode up there. It was an awesome episode. Let's not take anything away from James. Yeah, but like we've had Sean Evans on, and what you know the cachet that he brings to the table, like it did it beat it out. It beat it out. I'm sorry, I'm not breaking things. I, I don't know if you guys already been counting. We only have two left, yeah. so just to tell you, Sean Evans' episode did not make it here. Yeah, Sean, Evan,
1: Sean Evans has hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, and he helped promote his appearance. Yeah. And still, James Fox, I don't know if this is just a testament to, you know, people love to hear about prospects. And, like, when you can have someone on to talk about a prospect that, that it's actually known, known mm-hmm. about this kid and has, and has seen the kid and has studied the kid, people are always wanting to consume that content because that's not just something that you can go search for yourself. So I don't know if it's that that. It but was yeah.
2: awesome. Yeah. Like, the, for you guys to – consume that in the numbers that you did mercy it's just it shocked me it, like it threw me off my because it wasn't like a, a we weren't planning on having James on Like yeah. when we saw the signing we're like you know there's no better person to have than James on that happened like that quickly it's like Tanny's like okay you want to have James on tomorrow? It's like let's do it and that went wow we like we promoted all these other rest of the ones and we have the uh, mailback Monday ones that you guys look forward to and when I saw the numbers on this, and it's still growing, by the way, folks. Oh, yeah. this, this, you know, just because the year is ending, this is where we're counting it. But this might overtake <laughs> some of these episodes, we're going to say, uh, for two and one. It's that popular. So shout out to James Fox. Shout out to you guys for listening.
1: Number two most downloaded episode uh, this year, 2020, Locked on White Sox. The Winter Meetings Day 1 recap, the Lance Lynn and Adam Eaton episode. Now, this is just... This happens to be just very fortuitous timing on on our behalf because, you know, the Lance Lynn trade news broke late the night before, and we had our chances to really digest the information, and Sox fans couldn't Mm -hmm. wait to consume the content, but it just so happened as we were sitting down to record and talk about Lance Lynn, the Sox... Signed Adam Eaton which was just a just a, a layup and for you know it's an alley-oop for Herb to, to to slam it in and talk about his uh, his his hatred of that move so it's the it's really the White Sox in a nutshell do something to make you really happy and then do something to have really have you scratching your head right there but that was episode number two most downloaded the Lance Lynn and Adam Eaton episode
2: yeah uh, I remember that and I was like just thinking to myself I think Courtney, my girlfriend, had sent me a like a Twitter DM and said that Adam Eaton had signed, and I was like, mouthing to myself, like, "Fuck, <laughs> this is terrible," you know. But I think you were still speaking, and then I had to interrupt. I was like, dude, 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 we got this, and and you know, I'm glad that unlike um, I think one episode, you had surprised me with what's gonna be our number one. <laughs> yeah. um, our number one downloaded uh, episode yep. and you wanted my reaction on the air and wow, it was a thing. And um, yeah, that one was the same thing. I was feeling like, oh, fuck. and so that this is weird that our two top episodes are the ones where it's just like reacting to what's happening live. Like literally we're reacting while we're recording something else yeah i think that was it like we're recording something else and then we're reacting to it was oh god i just getting mad right now thinking of both of these things together
1: yeah this this show is not where it's at without your your passion in the moment and you know I'm much too relaxed and measured after a game, and like it's it's all about you, man. So I, I love you, man. I would love doing the show with you, but like those moments, Not right? there. At all. Uh, those moments right there, like I can't wait. Like I almost am rooting for the Sox to do dumb shit so I can record with Herb and, and have him, you know, just uh, unleash you know hell fury and <laughs> Hellfire and you know all that stuff. So, uh, which brings us to the number one episode. We teased it there a little bit. It's the Tony La Russa DUI episode. And I hate that this is number one. Uh, I really think that this was the best from both of us, I think. Like, I, you know, I think I do a terrible job on most nights. But that night, I remember I was able to just relate the the DUI stuff and intertwine it with my personal experiences. And I was just really upset uh, Mm -hmm. at at hearing the news. And, you know, Sox fans were upset, too. So Misery Loves Company and you guys, you know, showed out in in a big way, making that your number one downloaded episode. And... I know a lot of people, you know, around the baseball world checked out that show and, and I wish that the number one show was something else but it is what it is and this is part of being a White Sox fan and covering this team. It's uh, the dichotomy of of it all, you know, just you you have so many great moments and then you have it all overshadowed by by that one really bad one and here we sit on December 30th waiting for that dash cam video to to uh, <laughs> to uh, reveal itself. But not thrilled that that's our number one episode, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I wish we'd never done that episode. That means that we would have A.J. Hinch as our manager. I would have still been mad, but not for those reasons. Um, I think this is much worse than ever hiring anybody who's cheated in baseball. This guy almost cheated people of life and done it multiple times. And every time I hear and I listen back to our episode, I think our latest episode, where we played the uh, Tony LaRusa reading the alphabet thing when he was drunk the first time. Remember that, guys? He's been caught with DOI twice. Doesn't mean he's only been driving drunk twice. That means it's two times he got caught and the cops actually uh, filed a report. So, yeah, every time I hear that, I just, like, like how? how? Like, at my drunkest, I still remember the alphabet. So he must have been obliterated. I mean, you sleep at the wheel, so definitely it was obliterated.
1: Yeah, and I remember, uh, you know, Howard Bryant tweeted this, I believe it was last night or the night before, about Tony La Russa, just out of, of, he was doing a thread, I think, about Hall of Fame voters, and he mentioned this in in passing, how Tony La Russa tried to basically take away credibility from any reporter that was asking Mark McGuire about the substances that were in his locker, you know, since Mm -hmm. way back when, trying to, like, shut people's careers down. So, you know, something, you know, is always going on here with Tony, and that's something that we shouldn't forget as well as, we talk about these names on the Hall of Fame ballot, but Tony La Russa, like, you know, also a cheater, uh, benefited from from cheating, and, you know, and he's had his problems behind the wheel. So, again, my stance is that I think it, it all can work, and, you know, Will Leach had a great point uh, in MLB.com this week about, you know, what each team needs this year to, to – to succeed basically a Christmas list for each team and his thing for the White Sox was just make sure it all works you know they they have over the roster and they've got a Hall of Fame manager but just like get it all to work somehow so that's where we stand here Uh, that's our top 10 episodes of Locked on White Sox this year and coming up uh, we're going to talk about 2020 a little bit just the year it was for us personally uh, I have a a very a very very nice audio treat for you guys that I'm going to play and we're going to get to uh, a Laundry list of thank yous uh, that people that have helped us out so much this calendar year, and I want to make sure we mention those people. But we'll be back after a quick timeout. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Ag, Are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, Herb, I was taking a look at the lines. I know you probably want to get into a little uh, college football here but I was looking mm-hmm. at that at that Bears Packers line for this weekend and I don't know anyone in their right mind who would uh, bet on the Bears in this situation but the Bears obviously in a win or go home scenario here with the Packers who pummeled them last time uh, Bears are five and a half point dogs right now and over under sitting at 52 you know, I'm I'm usually inclined to bet teams that I know. I don't know where I'm going to go with this one. Uh, what do you got? What are you looking at for this weekend?
2: Of course, the Ohio State Clemson game and Notre Dame going against the uh, Crimson Tide of Alabama. So I might stay away from the Ohio State Clemson game just because I don't know what Ohio State team's going to show up since they played so little games this year. But I'm going to be jumping all over that Alabama game, of course. The right we then right now the number on Bet Online AG is 19.5 points Alabama is laying. Give me all that. I'm laying that 19.5 points. Alabama's the best team in college football, and so I'm looking forward to them putting a mud hole, as the kids say, stumping a mud (laughs) hole into Notre
1: Dame. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: 2020 is different in so many ways, Sox fans.
1: All right, we're back here, Locked On White Sox 2020 Recap Show. We're just talking about some of the best moments and worst moments of 2020 for the South Side Nine. And now I just want to talk about a little bit about the crazy year that was 2020. And you know, we're going a little long here, but that's because we're not doing another show until at least monday so you know this this part here i want to talk about this just a crazy year that it was and earlier today herb i was thinking about uh, michael Kopeck. and just it seems like it was a different uh lifetime ago i think it was march 10th where michael kopech makes his first appearance on a big league mound after having the tommy john surgery and he came out and it was like the most hype I've ever seen around a spring training inning he pitches one inning gets through it cleanly but we were just all so excited and then days later everything shut down because of COVID but just you know we did see Michael Kopech on a field this year he's very much out of sight out of mind and Sox could have used him in 2020, but that's just don't forget that. Like, try to take that excitement that we had on March 10th and just keep it in a bottle and just remember that it's there. And hopefully, he could take the next step. And hopefully, he made the right decision of opting out because you know we ended up gaining a year of Michael Michael Kopech contract control. So he'll he'll be with the White Sox for an extra year because he chose not to play this year. But that's one of the the things about 2021 that has me most excited is seeing him on the mound again. And he'll be. You know, a calendar year probably at, at the very least from uh, appearances once again. Uh, Michael Kopech will be when he takes a mound next time in, in spring training or summer camp, whatever they decide to do. But Kopech in 2021, man, I'm really excited about it if he's still on the team and he's not used as a trade ship.
2: Yeah, me too, because uh, I'm looking forward to him just getting on the mound. I mean, I, you remember the excitement. I believe you went
1: to the game that Michael Kopech de- debuted. I and did. So, Me and Denny Parkins. We went. He bought beers for everyone. It was great. It rained, right? <laughs> yeah. As every Kopech started it rained. And then the last Kopech start he brought the pandemic. So <laughs> he brought pestilence.
2: <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to him coming back. In excitement because he's going to be, I think, a great pitcher. And one of the reasons why I think it's going to be a great pitcher because he gets to work with new pitching coach Ethan Katz. And I'm excited if that guy unlocked Lucas Giolito. Same things were kind of said about Michael Kopech, electric arm, one of the best minor league throwers gets up to the majors and doesn't necessarily have the great, uh, ex- uh, great results as his expectations would say. And so now hopefully he's calling Ethan, Ethan's calling him and think he's getting the weighted ball. If he needs to or borrows townhouses towel, so we can throw that, whatever he needs to do, um, to get right this year. And he's not going to throw a lot of pitches this year because he's, a year removed from pitching anything and then also major league uh, service time. He's having pitched pitch in two years. So he will probably, you know, 50 innings maybe if that in the minors most of the time so they can gain another year on him. And I'm looking forward to him just going balls out. If that's a role coming out of the bullpen, that would be sensational for me because him out of the bullpen just going full bore for whatever many innings or bullets he has, be awesome, and that would mean that our starting rotation is so solid that we can't even have Michael Kopech <laughs> in there. So I'm looking forward to that when I see Michael Kopech, maybe May, May, June, July, whatever it is, is going to be great for the White Sox.
1: So three days later, you know, we spent most of the spring talking about how the roster was going to look and if you're mean, should should be on the roster. And Zach Collins was having a pretty decent spring before things shut down. But then March 13th, I'll never forget it because the Cubs had a Thursday-Friday game scheduled, and there were supposed to be day games, and that's my favorite thing to do because when the Cubs play a day game, I don't have to be at work, and my daughter was in school at the time. So that means for me, uh, I remember I watched uh, some movies on that Thursday game. I watched a movie that Brendan McCaffrey uh, had recommended to me. Placing saddles? Uh, n- <laughs> no. He, he – recommended a movie i'm trying to remember the name i'm looking it up right now yeah brendan mccaffrey recommended the movie called the package with uh, gene hackman and tommy lee jones so i watched the package i enjoyed it very much same director as the fugitive but i i spent the thursday watching movies um and the next day i remember getting called into into mitch's office and mitch rose in our boston 67 the score and then you know saying that hey they're gonna they're gonna cancel this Friday game. And this pandemic, it's bad. And, you know, Danny, you're going to be here every day. You know, uh, Shep, you're going to be working from home. Then he told all the other EPs that they're going to be working from home. And it was just, what do you remember about that time? Just working in our our industry, the feelings of, of sports going away and the 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 feelings of we're going to be working in as you know with a skeleton crew at the office it was it was a very weird time and i don't think obviously anyone thought we'd still be in it we sort of just learned how to live with it unfortunately as we sit here nine months later but what do you remember about those the early days when when you know the when covid was uh we we call it just corona back then the coronavirus you know what do you remember about that time and the feelings you had when uh, sports started to shut down a little bit
2: Really sad for the people who had already been afflicted because we really hadn't seen anything in America, but you know reports out of uh, Asia and other places said this thing was deadly. I had remembered DePaul playing a game and winning like the last Big East tournament game, and then them playing halftime of another game, and then canceling that. And I was like, okay, if they're canceling this Big East tournament and the Big Ten tournament's gone. And, you know, they can, you know, shut down baseball games, which are in uh, spring training, anything you want, because it really doesn't cost people any money. But when they're cutting down actual NCAA tournament games and conference tournament games, serious stuff. And I was for myself very selfish. I was like, of course, my White Sox are getting good. My Lion I are finally going to break a six, seven game drought of the NCAA tournament. And we got to have a, we got to have this goddamn pandemic It's ruining <laughs> my life. And so, yes, the line, I did not go to the tournament because of that. And the line, I mean, the white Sox did go to the, um uh, did go to the playoffs this year. So it wasn't a bad year. My line, I looking up, we're doing well. So yeah, the pandemic was not, not good sports wise. And then we've seen all the destruction and death it's had for America here. So yeah, it was, um, I did not expect this set. Like, even though the numbers said, you know, it would kind of be like this, especially if we do very little, it's still real hard to believe that that was this year. Like that White Sox stuff, the way we're watching these games in spring training was this year. It seems so long ago, like we always talk about Reggie's after the White Sox fest. This year, it was like January. Yep. Oh, my God. And such a good time we had with all the folks here in the White Sox community. So, yeah. And COVID uh, was already here. Is-
1: COVID was already here. It was already in that room. <laughs> you know nothing- Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Now that we know it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. Like,
2: we wouldn't do that shit in the future. Like, we would do that. Like, go me, you know, without a without a, a vaccine, we yeah. wouldn't do that shit. Just be, like, all close to each other. Right. Talking, drinking, enjoying each other in in a nice space. But, you know, we had like hundreds of people up there. It was great.
1: Do you think – are we going to go back to that as humans? Like do you think like humans are kind of longing for that type of interaction again? Or do you think it's going to take some time for people – let's say all things are equal and you're talking July, August – summer festivals rolling around again and you know we hopefully have some herd immunity and people are getting the vaccine do you think people are going to go back to congregating like that again or is it going to take a while either they're going to go all in i think or people are going to be like nah not for me anymore
2: i think people are going to be so starved for attention from other folks that they haven't seen maybe in a long time like when's the last time you really hug somebody that wasn't close to you? You know, you hug your mom or your dad, or maybe you haven't like that interaction. That's a human thing to feel contact and connected. And folks out there who are paired up with somebody don't have a significant other. I feel for those people because the physical human touch is something that we long for and something and having companionship is something that we all want. And you know, you, you're you around your loved one and you love them and it's all good. But you also want to see your friends. You want, they, you want them to see their friends. They want to see their friends. That's a natural thing. And once we all get our immunization or we get uh, herd immunity, whatever it is, and we get the all clear, I think we're all going to be rushing to our friends, family, our things that we used to do and savor them. And not take them for granted because we know they can be taken away in a blink of the eye. And so I know me and you, we said, June, get this shit done so we can travel to fucking Pittsburgh and watch the White Sox play. Or just watch a fucking Pirates game. Or go to guarantee rate. Any of this stuff. We're yep. going to be running there. And we're we're most careful people in this whole pandemic. So we're not like loose and fast and loose with our being out and free out in the public. We always wear masks and we're always safe. But once they give us the all clear, we're going to be first people just like, <laughs>
1: yeah, let's go. Absolutely, man. Uh, I want nothing more in the world. My wife already co-signed the the Pittsburgh trip. So, you know, hopefully we get there. You know, I don't want to get too much into it. But the rollout of the vaccines has been slower than they thought it was going to be. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, even though I have no reason to be really in terms of all this stuff, because, you know, we thought that we'd be out of this by now and we're not. But it is what it is. So, you know. We'll, we'll see where we're at. I, I I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna have it circled in light pencil on my calendar uh, that will be in Pittsburgh at the end of June. I think it's the end of June, so I, I don't think there's any reason, even with the modified schedule, why we shouldn't be able to do that. And they should be able to still have uh, like a socially distanced crowd, like they had for the World Series in Pittsburgh. Like maybe they move the, those games to day games, whatever. But I think we'll we'll be there if I had to guess. Um, so March nineteenth homeschooling begins, so you know that was one of the big things why i couldn't do the show because my daughter was in kindergarten at that time and you know she was having uh you know she's starting to learn how to read so you know and none of the teachers this caught all the teachers off guard and it was really hard for everybody and it was one of the most stressful times in my life but here we are nine months later and now you you know my daughter went from not knowing how to read and we, we put her in a summer reading class down the block with her teacher after this and Built up her confidence a little bit, and it was one of the most rewarding experiences being able to be here with her and during the learning process. So you can, you know, sort of complement good habits and and sniff out the bad habits before they develop. And now here she is, where she's typing the letters on the on the Amazon remote of a movie she wants to watch. You know what I mean? Like herself. So like it, it wasn't all bad for me, but that was a stressful time when I look at March when the school shut down. That was bad, and they're saying they'll be back in February. I have my doubts. We can we can you know get through this a little bit longer if we have to us as parents. So you know it is what it is at this point. But uh, hopefully the kids are back in school because it's about time. Um, but I don't want to make any teachers unsafe out there. Um, shortly after that, opening day was canceled, and that was a day that was really rough. You know, I know you're not uh, uh, someone who's sentimental like I am, and doesn't uh-huh. feel the, the need to be at every single opening day that they can get to. But I had my streak of, you know, uh, 17 opening days, I think it was, in a row leading up to to this season, and I missed it. Everyone missed it, and it sucked, and that was one of the hardest days because it seemed like that there was no end in sight when, when opening day got canceled because we didn't know how long this was going to take, when sports were going to be back, but that was the first major sports event that came around after the NBA shutdown where this is the first thing that's on the calendar that everyone looks forward to. And now it's off the calendar. That was just a really rough day for me personally. And I'm sure for a lot of our listeners too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually do opening day. I've done it. I think the year before I got tickets, I think from Mitch maybe. Um, But uh, I just don't like the pomp and circumstance. I'd like to go to the day after. And I had tickets for, I think it was the Saturday game. Um, Uh, courtney's friend and boss was uh treating us to the guaranteed rate club seats behind home plate and i was like you shit i'm in anytime i go to a white Sox game and i've never experienced the guaranteed rate club as it's called now i think back in the day ronty used to do pre and post games from i forgot what it was called back then home plate club or something like that jim beam Jim Beam Club, yeah, the Jim Beam Club, and so we get some prime rib and all that things. We couldn't drink because we were still on the job, but we can get all the food you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine like there's what forty thousand people uh, who usually do that every year. It's probably one of the biggest games of the year as far as attendance. So people like yourself who have those traditions with their family members, and they want to pass it on to other family members and things like that. I think you guys can give yourselves a break because no one was there. It wasn't yeah. anything you could do. So the streak goes on, lives on, and you guys can uh, celebrate. Hopefully, if the owners get their way, I think they want to push it back a couple uh, months, the opening day, because of they want to have people in attendance. And even if it is like a, a sparse crowd and they just want to keep everybody socially distant, then I think – they got to give you a ticket i mean you know i know there's probably uh, a lot of people out there and and you're not a season ticket holder anymore but you know who's more chicago white Sox than chris tanhill
1: i don't know just check out my zoom background here and you'll see that that's definitely true um but yeah, um, and then April 1st, just one another just really – these days kept getting tougher and tougher because that's when we lost our guy, Ed Farmer. And we did a whole mm. show on Ed Farmer, and I won't get too much into it here because we're already you know way past our time so far. But that was a tough night uh, finding out about Ed passing away, and the next day was my birthday, and that was just one of the worst birthdays ever. My family did a great job of when I came home. We lost some people at Intercom that day. They got fired – um, Rick Camp is one of them. Thankfully, he's back now. But between Ed passing away, someone we both love dearly, and then you know losing people at work, that was just an all-time bad day. And that's one of the days that I'll think of, and I, I think of a lot. Uh, you know, when you talk about this pandemic thing, that I, I think about that day often in terms of how grateful I am. You know, to still be working, still have family members. I haven't lost anyone to COVID, uh, and for the most part, my my life is intact and, and rock solid. So I, I think about that with great perspective a lot, but boy, do we, 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 miss that a lot, man. And then go back and listen to that episode. If you, if you can, it's right after Ed passed away. It's just us Herb and I talking about Ed with some of our favorite moments, but that was just an all time shitty day right there.
2: Real shitty. And uh, yeah, we said it on the episode. Anybody who's listening to this knows if you've ever met Ed Farmer, he makes you feel at home. He makes you feel like you've met him a long time and makes you feel special. So when he did pass, all of us had, Similar reactions, like because our relationships, personal with Ed, felt as such. He took time out of his day to give you a, a shout out and ask you what you're doing and try to make you feel good. You know, wishing you a happy birthday. And so every October 18th, I think his birthday is. I wished him a happy birthday too. So I would just send him a, a quick email or a text and such. So yeah, it was a real tough day, uh, but you know, no longer suffering. Is Ed Farmer is up there? Talking to St. Peter, yeah, the pearly gates. Mm, not that pearly. Yeah,
1: I've seen I've seen better ones on the south side. St. Rita, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one of the things I'm looking forward to is the public gathering in remembrance of Ed. Whatever it's going to be, if it's going to be at opening day, hopefully, if not, if it will be somewhere else, where it's just a bunch of people who love Ed getting together. I can't wait for that because that's going to be a, a party right there—a good old-fashioned Irish wake for you uh, to to have you feeling uh, feeling really good and real sauced up and and uh, you know getting getting a, us Irish folks out there who have a hard time sharing our feelings and uh, shedding a tear and and a beer for our guy Ed. So uh, we miss Ed greatly, and then you know as the season. You know, it starts to become. Uh, you know, we think the season is not even going to happen with the with the labor labor disagreements and. They can't figure out testing, and you don't know if the season's going to start. I remember you went on a trip to San Diego, cross-country. I went on a trip to Michigan where I was looking forward to seeing some independent league ball, the Northwoods League up there, the Traverse City Pit Spitters. Then I was going to take my dad to a game, and that was back in July, early July, where we still didn't know much about the virus. We didn't know that if you were outside, socially distanced, you could do your normal thing without a mask, and you probably were going to be okay. And I was looking forward to, you know, that to me, that was a roll of the dice before I knew that information. But I wanted to take my dad, who is obviously older, but me and him both wanted to go to a baseball game because we thought at that time that may be the only baseball game we were going to be able to see together in 2020 just have a beer in one of our favorite places in the world up in Northern Michigan. But then they had to cancel games in that league because of COVID. And then ultimately, thankfully, the baseball season begins on July 24th, and uh, we talked about many of those great moments. But I'm just I'm happy that they were able to get a season in at all, and there was a few hiccups with with COVID protocols, you know, throughout the year. But ultimately, it was really kind of a, a miracle that us as a country we're st- at this point living with the virus but it just as a sports league being able to navigate through all this stuff like the white Sox, you know deserve a lot of praise so do other teams like the cubs that are an, an amazing job with it and just many teams in baseball and in, in major league baseball in general they don't do a lot of things right uh, out of rob manfred's office but they did this right for the most part and i'm just happy they were able to have a season this year
2: yeah um it's it's a good thing i mean I was one of the people saying, you know, we don't need sports at all, especially college sports. Uh, those kids are not paying, getting paid. And for baseball, the owner's really jagging the people around and wanting to only play 60 games, but, uh, you know, ja- you know, saying, well, 40, whatever. Uh, little games. There are 120 games. we got to play 100 games and 88 games where they knew the number was going to be 60. So uh, I was kind of like, let's just not play until we get this shit fixed. But in hindsight, I'm very, very happy to have witnessed and enjoyed, cheered, yelled, um, elated. All these things that the White Sox did this year, I think are going to be great for their future. Going to the playoffs and losing, having that bitter taste in your mouth this whole offseason, thinking about it, still went on it. That is worth it. And if they didn't play the, ser- the year, I don't see any of that. I don't think we get the progression uh, for talent uh, for next year, like maybe Timmy cools down from 19 to 21. If we, he feels like maybe that was a year off and he goes back to his old self. Other things happen that are not good for the White Sox. I think everything that happened in 2020, besides Tony La Russa getting hired, net positive for the White Sox. And so I was wrong, but they found a way for the most part, team stayed safe only like two real breakouts during the season. You got to give kudos, serious kudos to the people who planned this and for the players and coaches who executed it.
1: Absolutely. And I couldn't imagine this year without having those moments like Giolito's no-hitter and get, you know the the twin series where I'm down Man. here in my basement when everyone else is asleep and I'm pumping my fist after a Luis Robert home run. Like I it had been so long. Uh, since f- having those feelings for the White Sox and you know it had been 12 years since the postseason and they eventually get there in 2020 and just I couldn't imagine what the year would be like without having that little bit of joy mixed in with it you know and I know it, it may be trivial to some and it doesn't matter our friend Barry Rosner always you know with the great line he says sports matter because they don't matter and that's what it was in 2020 watching the White Sox and it just it was it was a fun year and you know there's a lot of thank yous that have to go around here and First, everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network for being you know so great and being so understanding. David Locke, the head of the company, um, you know, reaching out personally, make sure we were uh, signing for another year, which we did. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Like around around, <laughs> around Thanksgiving, we resigned, so we'll be back. It
2: was back. contentious, friends. It was very contentious. <laughs> yeah. we were holding out.
1: <laughs> we were. Um, Kylie Young, who manages uh, all the, the the you know the channels and and does the the. The sponsorships and making sure everyone's reading what they need to read and make sure ad placements what it is and basically like doing a bunch of jobs in one like the the hr person the one that that sets us up when you first sign your your deal and you know make sure everything is is right from the paperwork perspective and she just does an amazing job shout out to kylie and then of course there's sean woodley who runs the mlb network and the one who we deal with most frequently and, and personally and whenever there's issues with with content or programming you know he's always you know spitballing ideas for us and he was understanding when we weren't doing shows because of COVID and you know he was he put his faith in us and he probably uh, ate a lot of shit from the network was saying why aren't these White Sox guys doing any shows but Sean stood up for us and and said, "Just wait. I trust these guys." And you know, he told us that in as many words. And we appreciate his uh, his leadership. And you know, he told us to shorten the episodes up, and that's been an effective tool as of late. As we go here for an hour on the last show, of twenty twenty, as our as our last <laughs> middle finger to that. But no, but it's seriously like we've 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 gotten a formula now where we can do shorter shows. They're just as successful, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of off our plate now that we can do those shows. So so Sean's leadership has been great. And just basically running as a buffer, uh, you know, with whenever you have issues, Sean's always there and being being responsive. And uh, there's so many sponsors out there that we got to thank. First of all, Built Bar. Who's been rocking with us all year? I don't know where we'd be mm-hmm. without Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code Lockdown. You'll get twenty percent off your next order. And of course, Bet online AG, who we mentioned earlier. There's only one place that has you covered in one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code Lockdown for your fifty percent welcome bonus. And there's so many other sponsors that were with us during the year rockauto.com held us down for many months during the 2020 season amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com there's indeed who is with us this year indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast and postmates they were clutch uh you know on and off the pod during this pandemic uh of, of touchless and contactless delivery whatever you need whenever you need it post made it and there's just so many great sponsors out there. And it's really the lifeblood is the listeners uh, and the sponsors. And just thank you to all of our great sponsors this year for, being able, for you know allowing us to live out our dream of talking about the White Sox in my basement and getting paid for it. So the sponsors this year, incredible job.
2: Yeah, I couldn't said it better. So, yeah, it's always been great to have my guys Built Bar. The, they've been rocking with us, like you said, all year long. And like Taney says – we're guys who like our sweets go and get yourself a Bilt bar dude seriously it'll knock you out i'm not a protein bar guy necessarily but yeah it tastes like a candy bar so and it keeps as a person who has type 2 diabetes keeps that blood sugar down so definitely uh built bar all the folks who have been sponsoring us thank you keep so going with this yeah
1: and yeah and if you're a local sponsor here in chicago and you want to get some love here on the show Reach out, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for some local sponsorship opportunities. You, you know, we would love to show love to some local businesses. We do it for free all the time. But if you want to have something in writing, uh, you know, get a partnership going here, just reach out. And we'll have uh, Kylie at the network reach back out to you and try to work something out. But, yeah, we, we'd love to expand in 2020 because we're going to have more games, more shows, so there's more room for uh, growth for everyone here. So we hope to have some new sponsors in 2021 as well. Uh, and then, of course, our, our great guests this year. They were few and far between, uh, but Joe Colley, who we mentioned, just one of the great people in our business and our first guest that when we had a show together, you had many guests before I jumped on board. But in 2020, in 2020 Joe was our first guest, and he shared great stories and great insight about his, his era covering the team. Uh, Sean Evans from Hot Ones was amazing. We love Sean. We got to send Sean a bottle of something as as a thank you because he was just so so great. Uh, James Fox. Yeah, he's.
2: uh, You guys know him from um, being my teammate uh (laughs) and. softball yes
1: that's what nothing else sorry about that that's what we know him from correct but we got to send him a bottle of something as a thank you as well as james fox who was on with us last week of future socks we talked to you about his great insight but thank you to those guys and i don't remember did you have any guests this calendar year before i jumped on board uh was 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 Southside zoe on the show i'm trying to remember because i jumped on in february so you couldn't have had that many shows in in january of 2020 i should have looked yeah
2: i think most of my things were done in 2019, uh, most of my guests. So, I mean, but yeah, it was late guests were what Southside Zoe and uh Dave Williams, uh Barstool Dave, uh or White Sox. White Dave. Sox Dave, yeah.
1: Lawrence was on the yeah. show. Lawrence has been such a, a a pivotal pivotal part of this, you know, using his airtime on the score to shout out mm-hmm. the show and bringing us on uh, during big White Sox moments. All of our score family, you know, Mitch being cool about us doing a show on the side here. Uh, Danny Parkins, who's always helping me out, you know, get get the uh, get the show out there and everyone else at the score, man, who's who supported the show and retweeted whenever we do episodes and, and guys at work that listen. I, I appreciate you all uh, just so much, man. It's just.
2: You yeah, know. I used to have uh like when we were in the studios, Mike Mulligan, he would be finishing up the soccer podcast with Kevin V-Pack yep. and he's like, dude. Love you guys on locked on socks. Keep it going. Yeah. And I was like, Molly, this is the locked on socks. So yeah, people at the score are very supportive of our ventures. You would think maybe uh the conflict of interest would be there, and you know they would want us to be on their system. But no, they allowed us to do this and they're supportive. And like you said, Lawrence was on the show last year, and all the people ZPAC listen still, even though he's not on the station. Uh, McKnight, all the folks there were were really good and really supportive of this uh, 2020 Locked On Sox uh, season. It was so good. Are we going to change the season name to two? That's one of the things I was going to ask yeah, you off I, the air. I, I don't, I don't know.
1: Then we'll have to do all the number thing all over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, God. Hey, the listener's you like, go to no. the second fam- most
2: famous person.
0: God, it was number.
1: Yeah, then I remember those bullpen numbers and how that's probably not a good idea. I don't know. I like, you know, like, you know, when he, whenever I see a Joe Rogan episode, it'll be like episode 1,050. Like, I, I want us to get to that point. I think we're at like 146 or something total episodes. So, yeah, let's uh-huh. just keep going. You know what I mean? like I mean? just I, the same season. Yeah, yeah, same season. <laughs> the episodes go up. Yeah, I I, I want to see us get into the thousands, hopefully. Uh, but, yeah, thanks. Thanks to everyone at the score for helping out Dale, you know, everyone. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Molly again soon, hopefully. And, you know, I remember him telling me the same thing about the show. So he's, he's been great shouting us out on the morning show as well. Um, and lastly, our listeners, man, look, I, I mentioned it a bunch early on in the show, but there's, there's a, there's a handful of you guys that are, that are consistent, that are always hitting up the mailbag, always interacting on Twitter. Uh, just a few names to, to, that I'm thinking off the top of my head, Mike Victor, Pete hand, Sam and Hinsdale, uh, Jay, uh, Uncle Pete, John Shank, uh, Chris Lowy, always hitting up the show. And just everyone out there who's downloaded or subscribed to the show in 2020, thank you because we don't do it without you guys. And if you guys you know, didn't respond as well as you guys have been, there'd be no point to doing this. So, yeah, all of our great listeners out there, man, just making it worth our time, more importantly. Yeah,
2: I wanted to say what's up to Leonard Gore, who's one of the guys who listened from the beginning. Uh, my guy uh, Drew uh, DJ Fr- DJ Frides is out there on the ones and twos. He's uh, hooking us up, good guy. We already said your man J- uh, John A. Kess, right?
1: Yeah, John Zach- A., Yep.
2: Zach Byrne, you know, just some of the names out there who, you know, hit us up, say they like the show. Oh, and if we didn't, we missed you. I'm sorry. You know, uh, you know. Sometimes we just check the messages and we see your names. We see all the emails as we say on the. Uh, Mailbag Mondays or Talk to Us Tuesday episodes. We do read all your emails. And so thank you for participating that way. Pa- thank you for participating by listening. Thank you for participating by telling your friends that you listen to us. And get them to s- subscribe if they haven't already.
1: Mike Victor is one of the last people I think we saw out in, in public. Like at a bar. Because we were out there for, for Brendan. was That was when Brendan came back home. Did he come back home? Yeah. Early in the year. And we were... Like the people were watching the Tyson Fury and uh, my man the, the 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 Bronze Bomber, what's his name? Uh, Deontay Wilder, the Deontay oh, Wilder fight. Yes. Like that was one of the last public gatherings, and we met Mike Victor out of the bar, uh, out there. Where was that at? Her, what suburb was that? Where, where was that Villa it's Park? It's
2: Villa Park. It's Lunar. Yes,
1: yes, Lunar. So we we met Mike out there, and that was like one of the last people in in a public setting that we even saw. So, uh, you know, we love all you guys out there, and my apologies if I I missed you, but... And that
2: was weird, because Mike either recognized our voices or our faces, you know, we work at the score, so it's a radio, but, you know, our pictures have been out there, and so I, we, he just came up, and it's like, hey, guys, love your podcast, it's awesome, and to have somebody recognize us, like, that is always a trip to have somebody recognize us either by our voices or our faces. It's, it's very, very weird, especially our faces. Cause since we're on the radio and he, uh, I think he sponsored a beer for us and we sponsored a beer for him. Like our, like we met John shake out in Pittsburgh. Yep. I want
1: to give him and that so, beer, man. That's, a, that's all I want us to make good on my, on my, yeah, John,
2: you would, John, you got to go out in June. We got to go to <laughs> Pittsburgh too. So meet us out at PNC in the end of June. So, Tanny can pay up on the bill. Absol- I actually have to pay up on the bill, too, because there's yeah. only two rounds going oh, through. So I I slid, I slid on that
1: one. There's going to be a lot of beers uh, happening once people are out in public again. But uh, that does it, man. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast that's all i got today herbie for 2020 finally this dumpster fire of a year we can put it to bed and hopefully better things to come in 2021 and i'm looking forward to growing this podcast with you my friend in 2021
2: me too chris it's been an awesome year uh, as far as this podcast is concerned awesome to talk to you uh at work, as we do every day, is we're one of the only people who are in there. And I remember the early pandemic, speaking of it, just it was just I would see Rick in the morning and then see you in the afternoon, and that was it. <laughs> and the roads were clear. It was like I like the roads being clear and I like the work situation because I see my people. And but I was like, the reason why we're in this situation is because something horrible is happening, but you know. If that could be work with the pandemic not happening, let's go back to that. That was awesome because, you know, (laughs) all the host and the the over uh, the front office people make the job a little more stressful. But, uh, yeah, with you doing the show, uh, us doing the show together, it's been one nice respite of, you know, talking sports. It doesn't feel forced. You know, sometimes the score, we feel like we're going to force a topic. This feels natural. It just feels like it comes out. And that's why some of these episodes like this one are going to be out hours long. So <laughs> it's been great with you. So uh, for Chris Tannehill, follow him at Chris Tannehill, the show locked on socks, me actor wall 23. And if you want to email us in the new year, locked on socks at gmail.com. Uh, my guy, Uncle Pete, <laughs> Assistant. I love him. I love my guy Uncle Pete. Found some things about Uncle Pete the other day. So uh I'll maybe share them on our next mailbag Monday episode of Locked On Socks.
1: And before we get out of here, Herb, I do have that season montage I teased a little bit earlier in the show. Here is the 2020 White Sox season montage that I put together. You can relive all the great moments of 2020 right here. And if you go to our YouTube page Locked on White Sox on YouTube, you'll see one of the first ever cracks I ever had at doing a video version of my, uh, you know, famous, if you want to call it famous, highlight packages, my montages. I did actually did a video version of this, so check it out on the Lockdown White Sox YouTube page. Subscribe there and, you know, when we're looking for a 1,000 subscribers, and I'm going to throw out some prize packs to a random subscriber here or there. So that's all we got, and here is the best moments of the 2020 season.
0: We are just about ready for baseball from Guaranteed Rate Field for the 2020 season.
1: Change the game, baby! Change
0: the game! Bring them home! one nothing, Sox Tim Anderson! Silence. Is- the crowd. Luis Robert find that baseball and hand it to number 88. Bring him home for the first time. Nick Madrigal with his first career hit. The commitment the White Sox have made, they're done hearing about let's build and get good. Robert lays out. Oh, no, he didn't. Outrageous 88. They have a lot of good energy going in a very, very bright future for the White Sox. When he hits a home run, it's spaghetti night for dinner. He gets a big plate of spaghetti. It's time for a pasta party. Pasta party at my house. Everybody invited. Come on, baby. Jose to right field. Out of here. Bring him home. Three bombs. Jose Abreu as hot as we have ever seen him. Grandal walks it off and it's 6-5. The Sox are in first place. Adam Engel is there! A no-hitter! The 19th in White Sox history! You
2: know, everybody around and watching and maybe trying to give themselves
0: a chance to say, maybe this club's okay. Maybe the White Sox are alright. And in a year... When so many of us have had to be apart, we all will journey together into October with the White Sox. We made it. We just keep fighting and made the World Series. You just said World Series. I like that. Yeah. Lucas Giolito, who's blossomed into one of the best pitchers in the American League, the ace of the White Sox. Starting for the first time in his playoff career. Changeup got him. Nasty from Giolito. Changeup got Grossman. Lucas Giolito strikes out the side. he has been perfect with a capital P. 2-2. Olsen strikes out swinging. And Colomay gets the save. The White Sox with a very impressive overall of performance. Luis Robert he is not a finished product. He drills one to left field and tosses the bat aside. My goodness. Where will it land? Way up and out of here. Luis Robert put the White Sox ahead in this winner-take-all game. And a win, a long time coming for the A's franchise. It has had so much regular season success and so little in the postseason. Disappointment for the White Sox, who
2: battled hard. And hats off to the White Sox. They're a fantastic team. They've got a great lineup. They're going to be powerhouse in the AL Central for several years now. It's going to be fun to watch those guys play for a long time.